Nelson Mandela said, There can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. Well, if that's true, then America's soul has turned dark, sinful, and worthy of just punishment from the Lord. So let's just do what America's great at doing. Pretend none of it matters and go buy ourselves something on credit. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, and this is my lovely wife, Nikki. Hi. And we're so thankful you're joining us today. If you're new here, um, you know, we do our best each week on this show to navigate this wicked and religionless world that we find ourselves in and try to make sense of the news um, from a biblical perspective. And that's what we're going to try to do today as well. So uh, on today's show, you know, of course, we're going to be looking at the news of the week, um, as we always do. And we're going to be taking another look back at um, the sort of child abuse that's being promoted and capitalized on in this nation, like we did last week. Um, there'll be some other news stories, and then we're going to be ending uh, the show with our Bible topic, which will be discussing point number four on the road to salvation. So that's what we're going to be looking at. But before we get to all of that, is there anything you'd like to say? Um, just prayers for all the damage done with Hurricane Ian. And I know I was watching that for days. I mean, we've never experienced a hurricane before, but we didn't get to. I don't want to really. After looking at all that footage, that is that's horrifying. Not that I want to, obviously, but it's just I don't know. It's just kind of scary just thinking about like I was already prepping in my mind, like, what are we gonna pack? Where are we gonna go? Like, I don't know. But it ended up turning, didn't come here. We had a lot of family asking if it hit us. But yeah, we didn't get anything. We didn't get a drop of rain. We just got wind. That's it. Yeah. It I mean, wasn't for really... me, I'm a Christian. I live by faith and not fear. So I I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's wise to prepare for the future. <laughs> no, but I mean, there was some Tom Brady's mansion, Tampa Bay, is getting demolished after this hurricane. What terrible news. I don't know. Is that devastating? No, but pray for the people in Florida. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah. Praise God that it didn't come and hit us where we are. Um, it was a bit chilly this morning and there was some wind, but that was it. But yeah, pretty devastating. Um, a lot of people's lives are going to be in turmoil so just pray for them peace yeah. through the the chaos and for anybody who suffered injury or death uh just pray that god would bring you know healing on their heart and i know the only thing i was thinking of like at least like people know way in advance that it's coming you don't know exactly where it's going to land until like probably the day before but yeah just even the people who tried to like go south a little but it ended up like hitting probably where they were, you know, trying to get away. And yeah, I, just, I mean, yeah, that's just horrible. I feel so I guess bad. That's the good news is people in Florida are, they're not surprised by hurricanes anymore, but still yeah. super devastating. So it's kind of stuck there. When it's yeah. Coming, and it's, you know, that's the funny you know? thing. They're like, evacuate, evacuate. Sure. It's a great plan, but 
not like in today's economy, people just got buckets of cash laying around for them to go and evacuate to all right. corners of the, the I country. Last year so. when people were fleeing here and other places, but there were people just sleeping in the lobbies of hotels because we went to hotels because our friends were visiting from New Mexico during that time. And yeah, when we were there visiting with them, just people sleeping in the lobby. Yeah, they couldn't a tough even get situation. a room. So um, certainly pray for them. Uh, pray for us as well. I am, uh, again, praise God, nothing really was damaged in our neck of the woods. So looks like I'm going to be cleared hot to head to LA this week coming up for the Puritans Conference, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm going to do my best to try to probably have a recording coming out every day that I'm there about what we've learned and what we um, kind of talked about and stuff like that. So make sure you're checking that out, but I'm blessed to be heading out there. And um, last praise report was just from the jail ministry. You guys know that I do a men's Bible study at the jail every Monday. And this last Monday I was alone again and it was just a really good conversation. And one of the guys last weekend or last week, I'm sorry, had brought up, you know, just kind of in his life, how, uh, as he had sort of, you know, most of the guys in there are there for drugs and, you know, he had gotten back into drugs and he could just looking back now, as he's been sober and in jail, he was like, man, you know, I started seeing how, as I was getting into drugs and kind of going away from God, um, just kind of as things started happening that were negative in my life, it kept driving me further away from God. And then he started talking about all the devastation that that brought with him and dead family members and just horrific things. And he was talking about it and it just kind of weighed on me um, all week. So I decided I wanted to kind of address that head on and I do my best when I'm there to not really pull punches with these guys and not just, you know, preach a Jesus loves you. I try to address things with them head on. So we talked about uh, Matthew chapter 18 and that's what I, you know, talked to the guys about and was like, Hey, you need to understand that, you know, Jesus pronounces a woe against you when you tempt people into sin. And, you know, I brought up and it was great. Cause I just got into this, like just started talking about it laying kind of the introduction and one of the guys this black guy who he asked a lot of questions and he was like can you he's like what do you mean leading people into sin he's like what does that mean can you give me an example and so we kind of went to first corinthians i think or maybe second corinthians where paul talks about um you know if you eating food offered to an idol causes a weaker brother to stumble so we kind of used that example and then i was like here's a good one um drugs right you doing drugs or selling drugs to somebody else you're leading them to sin so we kind of talked about that and then at the end of the two-hour bible study you know he just spoke up and he's like you know hey i really appreciate what you had to say he's like that was super convicting for me because i never realized really what i was doing and the effects that it could have had and all these sorts of things so you know it's nothing i've had to say i mean if any truth comes out, it's the Holy Spirit. So it was just appreciative that these guys got something worthwhile out of it. And, uh, and it was, it was, was just a blessing. Thinking about you telling him that, I wish I would have known that scripture, like woe to those, you know, who, you know, cause someone to sin or tempt someone to sin. I would have used that. I know I brought this girl up before way early on when we started the podcast, but I had a friend who, 
you know, she said she was a Christian, but she was a stripper. And she's kind of her argument was like, well, if it's not me doing it, someone else is going to do it. You know, so she didn't see the wrong in her continuing at that. That is her job. And I mean, I met her at another, you know, we worked at a country club together. So that's how I met her. So she had, you know, that other job. But I just wish I would have known that to be able to tell her that like that. Like you will be judged for causing someone else to sin. It's not just about him doing wrong. It's about, you know, just the whole argument, you know, with modesty too. It's not my fault. So it's the same argument she was saying. Well, it's not my fault. I'm just up there right, doing I my mean, job. I'm getting paid. The most important thing for Christians, right, is to constantly be looking in the mirror. What am I doing? How am I helping or how am I hurting those around me? And it was just good. You know, it was a good talk with the guys and I'm glad they got something out of it. So, oh, one last thing we got to bring up for any of our sports fans out there. I made a last minute note. Aaron Judge, if you're a baseball fan, has tied Roger Maris's New York Yankees home run record. Um, or is that the AL home run record? I'm not sure. You're supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> Either way, it's I know it's the Yankees home run record, but it might just be the AL home run record. I don't know. 61 home runs, at least at the time of recording. He may have broken that since we recorded. Um, so if you care about that at all. But I did hear something, or I read something funny. Someone made note that like, you know, hey, if Aaron Judge hits another home run, you know, basically... He's doing this, and all the other guys were steroid users, so it should mean more. And let's be real. <laughs> Aaron Judge is on steroids. Like, everybody in the modern era of baseball that's hit over 60 home runs is a steroid user. And there's no reason to suspect Aaron Judge is any different, which I'm okay with. I mean, sports is entertainment. I don't want to see a 0-1, to one, you know, pitchers and catchers playing catch. I want to see robots hitting bombs and that's what Aaron Judge is doing so um that's your sports take for the day um let's get our uh mentions here out of the way you guys know we love cardinal contingency solutions and you know we advocate that you reach out to them for a myriad of topics um maybe most important for today's climate is you uh churches that are going to be dealing with if you haven't already dealt with um, diversity, inclusion, and equity knocking on your door. And how are you going to answer that other than we love black people? That's not going to be a good enough answer, even if it's true, right? So um, don't be caught unaware. Get yourself prepared. That almost rhymed. Um, <laughs> and Cardinal Contingency Solutions are the folks that can get you prepared. Also, we are proud members of the Christian podcast community. Please do go and check them out. Um, a lot of great shows on there discussing great topics like what would you do if your husband became a Presbyterian? <laughs> do you know how you would handle that if you aren't a Presbyterian? Well, maybe they can help you. So go check them out. Great thing about it. 60 some Christian podcast all on one feed. If you go to Apple, Spotify, whatever happens to be. And um, they can get you hooked up with all things religious and podcast. Um, and we're on there too. So 
that's great for us <laughs> as well. So anywho, um, all right, enough of that. Enough of the fun stuff. This is a serious show here. Talk about serious things. So prepare yourself. Gird up your loins. Steal up your soul. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Because <laughs> it's that time of the week that we discuss our... Oh, sorry. We make our way through the Slav Despond is what it's called. The Slav Despond in Pilgrim's po- Progress. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you were asking that last time. We discuss our news of the week. <laughs> All right. That was a long intro. A lot of disgusting things to get through there. So, um, but first up, the first story that we want to just kind of talk about here um, was presumably the newly elected prime minister for Italy. If you guys have not heard of this, her name is, I think it's Georgia. Georgia Maloney is her name. And I only want to highlight her because if you want to garner my vote (laughs) as a politician, this is what you better sound like, Um, Georgia Maloney. And there were so many articles this week. I think I had like eight different articles pulled up that I wanted to talk about. Then I was like, oh, yeah, we said we were going to talk about some other stuff here. So we can't just make the next four (laughs) shows about me um, loving what Georgia Maloney Maloney had to say. So we shaved this down a little bit. So I just want to highlight, um, I think two articles here really that just speak, you know, show or highlight sort of where she stands and man, is it a breath of fresh air in the slimy world of politics? Mm -hmm. Um, so this first article though, sadly comes from outkick.com and it's sad because it's a article mainly about Nebraska's football team's punter who had like praised Georgia Maloney and then had to walk it back because the Twitter mob came viciously after him, apparently. And he just couldn't weather their attack. So he had to apologize Hmm. for it. Um, But they do highlight in here what she had said. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to praise her and we're not going to apologize. So. Um. Let me see down here. She's yeah. Do you want to just read um, these couple of paragraphs here? Yes, I do. (laughs) All right. She says, why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to all these questions because it defines us because it is our identity because everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity. They attack religious identity. They attack gender identity. They attack family identity. I can't define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother. No, I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. I must be a number. Because when I am only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, have you ever heard a politician talk like this? 
Like even Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis in their heyday, I haven't heard him talk like this. Mm-hmm. And it just hits the head on the nail or the nail on the head so accurately what she's saying, you know, and it's the message that we're told, right? Love radical materialism, embrace radical materialism, go worship at the altar of Apple and forget about your God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's crazy. I've, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, boy, it's a lot to think about. Like, is that the sixth love language? Because I think that's my <laughs> love language. <laughs> when you combat the spirit of the age. Yeah, that's my love language, which is why Nikki's so good. Um, yeah, just perfect. But that wasn't all she said. So we went and found this article here, too, from the Christian Post. Um, do you want to just read that headline? New Italian prime minister vows to protect God, family, country as media tie her to fascism. Yeah, who isn't tied to fascism? If the um, media ties you to something, I mean, just believe the opposite. That's they say. always a good way to go. Uh, I'm trying to find what she said here. Uh, <clears throat> oh, here we oh, go. Yeah, I see it now, too. Yeah, do you want to just read those yeah it's a little bit of what she said and um what i read a minute ago but i must be a number because when i'm only a number when i no longer have an identity or roots then i will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators maloney stated that her opposition to serving as the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators is why we inspire so much fear maloney vowed to defend the value of the human being Addressing that each of us has a unique genetic genetic code that is unrepeatable. That is sacred. We will defend it. We will defend God, family, and country, those things that disgust people so much. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> it's um, true. It, it is sad when she puts it that way. God, family, and country is the things that people hate. That's what's being torn down. Right. And that's, you know, like we talked about the idea of, you know, even just on the simple terms of communism and stuff is when you have that faith in God or that love for family, like you can't have that. You can't have something that is placed higher than the party or than, you know, the system, the government, the leader, whatever, like that has to be your highest but whatever value, uh, whatever, like we're being taught that like whatever opposes God is something to be proud of. But you're not allowed to say, I'm proud. Like for us, we can't say, I'm proud to be a man. Like you can't say that. I'm proud to be a Christian. I'm proud. She don't give a darn. Yeah. But you we, can be proud of your sin and people applaud that. And we have parades for that. Right. And I think, yeah, I mean, obviously I think a lot of that is because people have really given up on trying to correct their sin. So it's much easier just to praise your sin so that you don't notice my sin. Let's just all yeah, praise each yeah. other's sins rather than saying... Hey, why don't we all lift each other to a higher place? Now, it's easier if we all just get down in the slough, despond together, um, and just tell each other how cool it is, you know, rather than striving for the celestial city. That's hard work, um, and very few get there, right? Let's just get mm-hmm. in the slough, despond together, and pretend like that's where we want to be. Um, but look, I don't know anything about Miss Mal- Maloney here. Um, she very well could be a fascist. 
odds are that's not true, right? Because everything's a f- fascism and everyone's a fascist nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're a real fascist, then, you know, you're a, a freedom fighter somehow. So, um, but I love what she's saying here, you know, and two things, you know, the first is just that this sounds to me like a leader who understands the forces that we're up against, mm-hmm. because it's more than political you know, the forces that we're mm-hmm. up against. And in fact, I think it's far from political. Yeah. You know, we're in spiritual battles against forces of evil. Um, Satan's children, as we like to call them here. Um, and they're seeking to destroy really anything heavenly. That's what Nikki's talking about. You can identify with anything as long as it's not heavenly, mm-hmm. right? Nothing that's prescribed by God. You start attaching yourself to that, gotta go. Do you detach yourself to anything from hell? Yeah, we'll sing your praises all day long, right? Um, So it's got to be spiritual. Yeah, I mean, you see it among Christians. I mean, just the whole fake gospel of abusing grace, it's in the church already. Like, don't, don't repent. Just grace has covered you. Keep, keep on walking the wide path. Oh, yeah. I think we're just so much more infected, like, every area not just the church like i think it's worse than what we realize yeah and i mean it's hard enough to even get a lot of pastors to have their eyes open to what's going on in the world let alone a politician let alone a european politician yet here she is (laughs) you know and again we don't know she very well could be mussolini and if she is then we will denounce her for being evil (laughs) but Until then, just because the godless media goes, oh, she's a fascist. Yeah, you've said everybody's a fascist. It doesn't matter. What she said is true. Right. And what she said here is true. If she goes sideways from that, then, you know, judge her accordingly. But what she says here, um, it sounds like she gets it. And that's what, that's the reason it stuck out to me and the reason why I wanted to highlight it here. Um, And really, the fact that the godless left is calling her a modern day Mussolini to me really only ensures that she's speaking the truth and speaking against their lies because we always have to remember that the godless left is always guilty of what they're accusing of. Yes. Right. So again, if they're pointing the finger and calling everyone a fascist, probably need to pay attention on who's calling everyone a fascist, right? Because it's probably them. But secondly, and this point has been getting under my skin for a while. Um, are there any men left in the world that have a pair? That's what made this story made me think of. Because why does it seem to be only women that are willing to sort of make these stands? You know, through like the whole COVID pandemic, it was just like one story after another of moms going to fight battles. Moms That's being true into the schools. And, and the guys were just shaking, oh, well, my boss might get mad at me. Like, yeah, dude, the country's going to hell. <laughs> Who cares, right? So, um, but it just seems like there's a lot of women. And, you know, I love what Georgia Maloney's doing, um, but I don't think she should have to do or say any of it, um, or at least not at this level. There should be a man in Italy <laughs> somewhere leading in this manner. Yeah. Um, but like, mm. maybe Italy's like here and all the testosterone has drained out of every man in Italy, like it has out of most of the politicians in America. Um, because even here, right, we see the, you know, Carrie Lakes of the world are kind of this firebrand sort of speaking this, not to this level, certainly. And Carrie Lakes, great. 
but she ain't saying what Georgia Maloney's saying here. Um, but even there in Arizona, right? Carrie Lake shouldn't have to be leading in that manner. Um, she has to because there apparently aren't any men in Arizona that are willing to read sort of the tea leaves and the sign of the times mm-hmm. and go lead in that way. Um, their brains don't seem to be switched on to what's going on. Um, and that's what I think, right? It's great to see women like Carrie Lake and Georgia Maloney, but whenever I see it, I can't help but assume they're there because men have failed to do their jobs and lead. That's what men were designed to do. That's what God made us to do. So when there's out, women out there leading, generally it's because men have failed to do it. Um, so my recommendation, every God-fearing man holding any position of power in this nation um, should be speaking in this exact same way. Uh, if it's, you know, the closest thing we got is Trump and DeSantis, really. And I've made up my mind already that if Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis are not on a presidential ballot in 2024, I'm writing in Georgia Maloney on my presidential <laughs> ballot. And I don't care. Unless she's Mussolini by then, then I will renege this and I won't vote for her. But just loved it. It was super inspirational, especially being in Europe, because they're by and large, you know, godless people over there. But what a breath of fresh air. I would yeah. love to hear a politician here make that stand. Yeah. I think you would find yourself with a lot of support if you had made that stand here. So, yeah. Um, do you have any last thing on Maloney? No. Go with the next one now. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the bit of good news. Yeah, That's the last bit of good news. <laughs> so, uh, next, we just wanted to kind of give our update on know the state of government sanctioned poisoning all around the world Mm -hmm. and uh this story came from the daily wire and you want to just read that headline new study reveals trace amounts of covid vaccine mrnas found in breast milk Mm. it just gives it that little extra kick it needs um and you know if they're telling you there's trace amounts found probably more than trace amounts right but it's just very interesting, right? Because last year, if you remember, while the nation was suffering a baby formula shortage, all pregnant and nursing mothers were encouraged, and probably more accurately to say they were fear-mongered, pushed, coerced into injecting this COVID poison with the promise from doctors, scientists, and politicians that it was completely safe to do. Because remember, the mRNA stayed in the arm. That's what we were told. Stayed in the arm, it never leaves the arm. What's the fear, right? Well, of course they lied. Um, And now you get to pass along this poison to your child. Aren't they so benevolent? Anything new that comes out with all their, their promises of safety and distrust and... We just know this is the way it goes. New study, a new study. It's like, oh, but there were studies. No, but the new one, this applies to everything. Anything that comes out, first it's safe, but then a new study. There's always going to be a new study, guys. (laughs) Right. And the good, the important thing to realize here, because, you know, I say this and I don't want to be 
because I do believe it's poison. I mean, that's something I believe. You don't have to believe it. I do. But I don't say it to scare or deride people that got the shot or make you fearful because as Christians, we aren't to be fearful. And we should trust in God who is mighty to save. He is our great healer. You don't have to be fearful of this. I mean, you can pray for your, all those sorts of things. But I say it to remind us repeatedly, these people are liars and the truth is not in them. We cannot continue to go to them to be our help and our savior. Mm -hmm. We've got to realize that they are largely enemies against us. As we've seen here, how many lies can they tell us in two and a half years? Right. Um, mm -hmm. Because here we are now, right? We are getting this report and we know from this, it's very evident that the poison that they've injected you leaves the arm, right? How else does it end up in the breast milk? So it leaves the arm, travels to your breast milk. We've heard other reports. It travels to women's ovaries. Um, and this has been shown by the COVID jabs screwing up women's menstrual cycles. And it's also been shown to travel to men's testes. Um, and that's been shown through different trials that show low sperm motility rates um, among men who have just been injected. So while the vaccines seem to be really terrible at being vaccines, right. um, I would say they are proving to be potentially very good at depopulating the earth, um, which just one man's opinion, um, I believe has been the goal since the beginning. With everything that we see going around the world, I yeah. this is the overarching thought that continues to come back to me. Um, so again, not to be a fear monger or drive you to a place of fear, but just to encourage you, pray. <laughs> if you're not mm -hmm. a praying person, pray um, and continue to pray. Because again, not to be fearful, but just to remind that we're up against evil, like nefarious forces, children mm -hmm. of Satan, as we continue to call them. And, you know, there's been a lot of reports, right, of the Bill Gates of the world, the World Economic Foreign Forum lunatics, right? They've all have stated depopulation agendas. This is something they've openly spoken about. Yeah. Um, and what's sad is about a third of this country will, without even thinking, just sort of regurgitate, or regurgitate the propaganda, except mm -hmm. whatever sort of bile just pours out of these people's mouths, right? Oh, well, freedom is killing your children. And they're like, yes, freedom is killing my children, right? Uh, yeah. Just drones. Doesn't make any Nothing. logical sense, right? But they just march to the order. It's all possible, it's really. It, it's it's terrifying because you you just see how brainwashed people really are. And, and to not see, like you said, the depopulation agenda, like it's been spoken you know it's not a hidden thing but you just look around and you think abortion and then all the transgender surgeries on the youth with and just uh, puberty blockers alone yeah they can't have kids now right and then the homosexual agenda just that. Just, can't have kids you know even just the way i mean even just going green i mean if we just shut off our electric grids I mean, that's going to have devastating consequences for the world. I mean, all of our plastics and so many medicines are produced through the use of petroleum and all like it's going to be devastating. And 
you know, so you see these same people that are huge into this depopulation agenda. They're the same people behind most of the lies and the misinformation that's been associated with COVID and the vaccine. So it's hard for me not to. And again, that's why I'm so distrusting of them. And again, because I see them as children of Satan, I'm naturally repulsed by what they say, um, which is why we need to be careful and why we continue to bring up stuff like this. It's not to scare you or shame you in any way. Um, right. It's to shame them. I mean, if they've, you're one of these mothers, we've had four kids. We were in the position of our baby being born and eight seconds later, they're like, we need to give him this shot. And you're like, well, for what? He's brand, <laughs> he's brand new. No, it has to happen right now. And you're like, well, can we have a few hours to think about it? No, no, right now. And like, it's scary. It's intimidating. So I can imagine a lot of these mothers and I know, Hey, if you don't get it, here's all the things, all the made up things that can happen to you and scare you. And, and then you do this. Well, they're not liable for it. Ah, oh, well, we got mm -hmm. new information. Sorry. You're right. feeding all that MRNA to your baby. Hope it goes well. Like shame on them. This is why we, you know, uh, pray for them to repent, but pray for God to humble, to break them um because yeah. they need it they I mean, cause damage we pray i mean we're supposed to pray for wisdom and i mean things are pretty obvious so i'd say you got to be willfully ignorant to not see this and i mean at this point at first right when it was yeah. first going on it made sense right i'm not judging like i don't know i haven't been put in certain situations that others have been in but yeah it's hard it's hard doing it alone for standing for the truth alone um one person stands up it encourages others and no, you do need strong. someone by your or side it is hard like yeah you know you guys know i'm unvaccinated and in the military and you know we had a lot of talks about you know oh I, i'm gonna get it right that's you know i'll fight back as long as i can but once it's mandatory i'm gonna do it and then no, I can't do it. But then praise God, we found a strong group of, you know, brothers in the military believers that kind of helped us all stay strong yeah. together. And, but it was a long stretch there where we were like, okay, well, we're going to lose this job <laughs> that we've been doing for, you know, almost two decades. And we're just going to like, it's scary, right? So we don't say this to yeah. shame or blame anybody, but just to, man, I don't know, turn your brain on to the evil that is everywhere around us. That's the important thing to see with this here. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So do you have any last thoughts there on the, uh, breastfeeding MRNA to your babies? I don't know. I just, I hope there's something that can like reverse it. I know there's like a group I'm in that people do post links on how to reverse damage from this. Well, um, and pray also that there is no damage. Hopefully I this is just, yeah. you know, overblown conspiracy run amok. We're hoping for it. <laughs> you know, that, we hope that's the truth, right? So. Yeah, I but, can't be on here like giving advice on what to do. But I mean, I can ask people in this group what they have researched, where they heard it. And if you message us and i'll i'll reach out i don't know if i can like publicly share a name of a group like that but well, i'll just <laughs> yeah reach out to us or just 
be praying. And again, don't be fearful. I mean, we have a God that's bigger than mRNA vaccines. He has all of our days numbered so, too, you know? Yeah, he's sovereign, but just, just be aware, you know, don't trust Satan's children. They've proven themselves to be liars and wicked time over and time and again. Yeah. You can forgive them. You can do all, but you don't have to just put your blind trust in them anymore. Um, so that's all we want. But anyways, moving on from there, keeping the news coming. Doesn't get better. So don't think that's coming. Anyways, um, this next story here. Uh just kind of speaking on the Christian church in America. Um, do you want to read this headline, honey? Americans' theological beliefs change to suit post-pandemic practice. Mm, that's probably good news, right? Wrong. Um, <laughs> do you want to just read these two uh, paragraphs here? Yeah. In March 2020, as the COVID-19 pandemic was just beginning in the United States, 58% of Americans said... Worshiping alone or with one's family was a valid replacement for regularly attending church, with 26% strongly agreeing. In 2022, 66% believed worshiping apart from a local congregation is as valid as worshiping with one, with 35% strongly agreeing. And then you just want to hit that paragraph too. Uh, additionally, most Americans, 56%, don't believe every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. Fewer than two in five, 36%, say this is something all Christians should do. Ooh, it's not good. Um, and, you know, personally, I think this is the result of church making church all about the individual rather than about God and the body of Christ. Um, as we've talked about in other studies and other um, surveys done in the past, you know, the seeker sensitive, but I think this mm -hmm. is damaging to have this mindset because um, yeah. this destroys the pastor, mm -hmm. the entire office, the entire position of pastor. It destroys yeah. the need for a shepherd. Um, and I'll take this even a step further. This is selfish and it makes you again, the center of attention rather than God in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, there are going to be, you know, I can already hear the excuses, but there are the disabled, the sick, and those who just can't make it to church, right? We're not talking about them, and I'm pretty certain the survey was not addressing those folks. Well, I'm sure those folks want to go to church. Yeah, by and large, most of them wish they could get yeah. to church. They just can't. Um, so I think this survey's generally talking about those that are otherwise perfectly capable of making it to church, but they just don't find it to be a need anymore. Um, so I think that's who they're talking about. Yeah. And again, I think it's just flat out selfish. I think what it says is, you know, what I need is important and what others need is not really a concern of mine. Right. Um, and what you hear a lot is, cause we've heard this before when we've made this claim that it's selfish is, well, I don't go to church, but I'm involved in small groups or I'm involved in other, you know, things with Christian men and women. Well, you're not putting yourself under any authority with that. You're well, just... you're not doing that, but I wouldn't even believe it at, at that, you know, because the odds that you go to church or you don't go to church at all and you don't think it's that important, but you're super active in a small group, 
I don't buy it. Um, cause just hanging out with your friends that are Christian is not what the Bible talks about with yeah, sitting under authority, gathering together in fellowship. That's not what it's speaking about. So again, there may be outliers, but I think by and large people who don't go to church and don't feel the need to go to church. Um, again, I could be wrong. I don't believe that they're active in small groups or other ways of serving the body of Christ. That just seems unbelievable to me. I think there's a lot of Christians who don't. I mean, I I guess just in seeing comments online of Christians who've um, decided to do church at home or their own way, a lot of the times they just see, they think that like all churches are corrupt. I mean, we talk about the seeker-sensitive churches, and I can understand really not wanting to go to those but to just give up altogether, like there, there are good churches out there. They're not all seeker sensitive churches that just have like rock bands for worship. And right. And, and again, I, I would that say is those a people are for true Christians though. I mean, I think it is, but I think those people are lying as well that somehow they've exhausted every church that they can find. And just none of them are good enough for you to grace. First off, Everybody needs sharpening. So if you're the type of Christian who's very discerning and you can see the errors in a church and rather than correcting them, you just leave the church and never go back. Well, then how are they going to know what to fix? And secondly, Mm -hmm. you're a sinner too. We're all sinners. We're all flawed. So just because you don't like what some church is doing and you think, I don't know, maybe somehow you're living a a better life. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just don't buy it. Right. Like, You can say what you want. And again, this is just me saying what I want, but I would assume in the heart of it is you don't want to go to church. You don't like going to church. Uh, Maybe you think it's boring. You don't like the message. Um, The people irritate you. you. Then you're making church about you. Well, I'm certain that's what this survey is saying. That's the way I believe it is. Because again, we talked about this a few weeks ago with is digital church a church? And it's not. Um, It's not a real church. And I think what this ultimately, you know, sort of leads to is it makes the Christian faith really the equivalent of where we are uh, with sort of modern political commentary or our political stances in this country, right? I'm going to insulate myself in this little comfort bubble of faith where I only listen to the messages that I want to listen to. I'll ignore all the stuff I don't want to hear because let's be honest, right? Not a lot of people are going to YouTube and watching or listening to sermons that are those hard truth sermons that speak to the exact sin you don't want to give up. Mm -hmm. Unlikely you're watching a lot of that on YouTube, right? You're listening to the sermons you like to listen to from the speakers you enjoy listening to. Um, And this is exactly the same thing that happens in politics in this country, really, because Mm -hmm. of the internet, right? We only get the specific news from the specific sources, and then journalism becomes opinion until we just kind of live in a nation with two political sides that are 180 degrees opposite of each other. And this is what our spiritual lives are going to become. I know. And then just talking about all this, it just makes me think of um, that verse in, I think, 2 Timothy. Yeah, I wrote it down here, chapter 4. Um, about heaping up teachers that tickle our ears. 
And it says, starting in verse two, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Okay, I want to pause there. I'm going to continue reading, but like that right there, stay in church, even if it's not perfect, you convince them of the truth, you rebuke, exhort, and that last part there, long suffering. Yeah. Keep at it. Long suffering and teaching. Like that's a fruit of the spirit. So when you quit going to church, where's the long suffering? You've given up and you've heaped up your own teachers because you don't want to deal with people or whatever. Well, let me continue. Verse three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. So let me pause again. How do you heap up teachers? And I was just telling Spencer, like, we live in this perfect day and age now where it's, we have YouTube. There's yeah, so many teachers on there. Teachers. Yeah, you can really heap them up. And then YouTube, you know, the algorithm just gives them to you. So, yeah, you can heap them up really easy. I don't know how it was done before to, you know, before the internet. It says, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. So these are people who first listen to the truth. They're turning away from the truth now. And it says, and they will be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So fulfilling your ministry, you can't have a ministry when you're turning aside to fables and heaping up teachers to tickle your ears. You have to be with the body of Christ and you have to correct and exhort, teach, rebuke. But I remember that saying, I think we mentioned on here, I saw a while ago that, you know, the true sign of a Christian is not if you love Jesus, it's if you love Judas. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard again to convince that, oh, I really love Jesus, but I hate the body. They just really get under my skin. Well, yeah. okay. Then again, I would personally would challenge that belief um, because we're all screwed up, right? Yeah. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're called to love. That's a fruit of the spirit, right? And um, Jesus knew that it was going to be difficult, that it was going to be ugly. That's why he set the example for us to follow. Um, yeah, all the like, he talks a lot about loving, forgiving one another. It's not talking about like forgiving those outside. It's He's talking about forgiving those in the body, like knowing we're going to annoy one another, we're going to be wrong. That's the whole point of convincing, rebuking, exhorting. Um, That's toward one another, toward the body, that we're going to have disagreements. We're going to have different opinions on scripture, but we're told to test all things with scripture. Right. And that all gets thrown out when you're just a digital church consumer. Yeah. Um, This, that, what I just read to you doesn't apply to you. You can throw that out of the Bible because it doesn't apply to you. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about the seeker sensitive church on here. Um, but if we think the seeker sensitive church model was bad for our faith now, like wait until Christianity is reduced to just content creators on YouTube. Like think how right. dangerous that is. You know, we talked about this a few months ago when we mentioned TD Jake's daughter, who was like a mega church pastor and shut the mega church down just to go strictly online. 
right? So think about how dangerous that is, because now you won't be worried about adhering to scripture, um, the elders not offending God. No, you're going to have to be worried about adhering to YouTube's bylaws so you don't get suspended and demonetized. Okay, so now I'm worried about adhering to a satanic organization's bylaws more than am I adhering to the word of God? Am I adhering to, um, you know, the authority placed over me, the eldership? Nah, just did you guys create a clickable thumbnail so people can pay attention to this? Mm-hmm. Again, you're not a pastor. You're a content creator at that point. Um, and also, right, this throws away 2,000 years of church history, Christian church history. The teachings, the methods of the apostles. So like Nikki said, we can just take First and Second Timothy, Titus, chunks of the books of Acts, just toss them out, right? We don't need pastors anymore, so why have pastoral epistles? They're useless. Um, Just, you know, pull out basically everything from the Bible except where it says God loves you and forgiveness. And then just make a new book. We can call it the American Gospel, right? But you won't be able to print the Bible because nobody reads anymore. (laughs) So you're just going to have to make memes of your scripture and put it on TikTok, there's your new church, the People American want, Christian church. <laughs> they just want their little nugget of truth <laughs> through a meme. Yeah, that's going to be all they can they can stomach anymore. You want yeah. me to watch a 45-minute church service on YouTube from my couch? Uh, no. Can you just distill it to three minutes on TikTok? Thanks. That's all I needed for the day. Um, yep. But again, you know, looking at this from a larger scale, I believe... Um, This was a goal, right, to damage the Christian church in America. We've talked a lot about this. Um, You know, we've seen the other assault to the church, um, and that being sort of the D.I.E. coming from one side, you know, looking to make your church sort of bend to sort of that satanic LGBTQ Mm -hmm. race idolatry, those thought leaders. And then now here's the other side of it. You know, due to the COVID restrictions on churches, they've really been able to convince some of the weaker brothers and sisters in the faith that, eh, you know what, physical attendance at church, that's just unnecessary. Go watch it online. It's just as good. Don't you worry. The YouTube algorithm, they're going to give you the perfect sermon on that Sunday morning. Exactly. Better than the Holy Spirit can, don't you know? We got algorithms. Um, These people will not be Christians long. Um, if they are currently, in my opinion. I know, you can just see how, like, we're being attacked, like I said, like, on every side, like, family being broken down, like, just our culture teaching, like, women, wives to usurp authority over their husbands, just kids, you know, usurping authority of the parents. Um, everything's just being broken down and attacked. Um yeah, as long so, as it's heavenly, destroy it. I don't know. So just with church now, now it's like, well, just stop going to church because, you know, with COVID, you're you're loving your neighbor by not giving them the COVID cooties to stay home. It's an well, act I mean, of gas love. Gas is three seventy five a gallon too. Just save yourself a little bit of money. I'm loving my family by yeah. saving money. I don't want to. When I worship Mammon, it's really for the Lord. No sacrifice. It's all about right. It's all about money. I don't know, just 
listen to whatever kind of motivational sermon that you like. Just listen to it at home. So nobody can see you and sharpen you spiritually at all. And we know that YouTube pastors, they just see numbers of views. That's all you are to them, of you. Just a number. They don't care about you because you're a number. They only see how you benefit them. They don't care for your soul. And you know how we talked about churches making comfort um, the main thing that attracts people to come. What's more comfortable than staying at home and not talking to anyone, but just listening to all the teachers you've heaped up, heaped up for yourself. So how is anyone going to, to grow in the faith if they can't even handle the challenge of being around other believers? Like, I would just say these are called closet Christians. And I think that's a serious sin. I really think that's sinful. And we're told to love the, the brethren. And I feel like nothing speaks hatred for the brethren like avoiding them. No, I agree. I think it's a serious sin. You know, I think it's a sin that we should take serious. And it's something you got to, you know, examine your heart. Like we talked about with these guys in jail. If if the idea of being at church and around other Christians is something that like makes you unhappy, anxious, ner- like miserable, whatever happens to be, that's a, that's a hard issue that you need to examine. You know, because if you think that you're going to enjoy spending eternity in heaven with these people, but you can't stomach them on earth, where do you get that idea from? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I agree. I think it's a serious sin. I feel Um, convicted over it, though. Like, when I was thinking on this, and as I typed out that last part, the Holy Spirit was like, that's you. Right. No, it was right when I said it to you. I typed it out. And right when I spoke it, I was so convicted. I was like, I do. I have avoided. And we all have. have. I mean, again, (laughs) nothing we say on this show, we're alleviated from. We've committed every sin that we're going to speak against here. I mean, Mm -hmm. because we're human. Um, But you've got to recognize it. And just, boy, I mean, really almost anything. really anything when it comes to your Christian walk, if you find you're um, erring on the side of comfort, you're mm-hmm. probably in the wrong. Um, so, I mean, again, yeah, how do you learn self-control, long-suffering, long-suffering. when it's just, oh. oh, well, who needs self-control in a church? Well, yeah, my kids are rambunctious, so we stay home. Well, why don't you teach them to not be rambunctious in a church setting? That's a good place. So, you know, and even on top of that, um, this idea of people that, you know, just don't really see the the need. And again, I would sort of wrestle or want to ask about their faith. Cause when we were at the jail this Monday or this last Monday, you know, we showed them a testimony about a lady who came out of Mormonism. She made this startling, I think, uh, admission there that, um, of those that become Mormons were once considered Christians, but she said they're basically Christians with a weak foundation and little understanding of scripture. So they're easily swayed towards Mormonism. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like that's where you might find these people that are like, and again, this maybe all goes back to the idea that 6% of Christians have a biblical worldview. So those 6%, I'm sure, are in church and find it very valuable um, and important. But, you know, this is probably that group of people that like, oh, you know, I just like being at home and it's, it's comfortable. You know, what did the early church used to do? How did the apostles, you know, encourage us to get together? Who knows, right? I've never heard that sermon preached. Um, but I know mm-hmm. that, you know, John 316... I know that one. I'm sure Satan's completely satisfied with us staying home, just being Christians that aren't part of the body. Oh, I'm sure he loves it. Nothing's easier than picking off a lone ranger. Um, Right. Military, spiritually, anything. (laughs) Nothing's, you know... There's no spiritual Bruce Lees out there that are fighting off groups of well, Jesus, 15 demons single-handedly. But Jesus said, whatever you did not do to the least of the brethren, you did not do to me. So by you refusing to be among the brethren, even those really difficult ones, um, they're the least to you. The ones that are hard to get along with, that's the least of the brethren. And whatever yeah. you don't do to them, you're you don't do to Jesus and whatever you do to them, you do to Jesus. That's, that's very, very serious. And I need, I need to remind myself of that one too. It's not whatever you do, but it's what you don't do as well that I think I don't think upon a lot. Well, do you want to read this verse here? Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47. Yeah. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. (laughs) That junk will not be added in to the American gospel. How will people? No need for it anymore. That last line though, the Lord added to the number day by day, those who were being saved. Like just reading all that, like that's what. Well, maybe as long as you scratch out and day by day attending the temple together to say in day by day logging into YouTube together or individually. Yeah. Yeah. So that crap doesn't need to be in the uh, American gospel anymore. Um, you can just watch Mr. Beast does church on YouTube. That'll be Mr. your, Beast? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. Whoever the next Mr. Beast of the Christian church is have cool thumbnails, act goofy and zany, tell you all the things that make you feel good about yourself and call it church. Who needs the rest of that junk? So um, the last bit of news that we wanted to touch on here, because we mentioned we would readdress this this week, um, was the body mutilation of our children in this nation, because we think this is a very, very important issue to address. Um, So we've kind of hit on Matthew 18 here and i mentioned i talked to the guys in jail about it but i just want to highlight matthew chapter 18 verse 5 and 6 and it says 
Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, Mm. Jesus isn't necessarily talking about children, children here. But that doesn't mean that he isn't or that he's excluding children, you know, Mm. in this. So if you follow the next few verses, that's where we get Jesus's warning um, about temptation. Um, And I think that fits with what we're about to talk about with children mutilation. Um, This leading these children into sin, uh, because that's largely what we're doing. And it's from the highest levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're tempting and then leading our children into sinful lifestyles that sadly will lead many of them ultimately to hell. So while there's many areas um, in our life and our culture and stuff um, that we do things similar to this, I just can't think of a more grotesque way of doing it than, you know, body mutilation and affirming Mm. a psychosis. And again, it's from the highest levels, you know, and we got this short clip here um, that we'll play for you. Um, it's not from President Biden because we said those leading our country. Kidding. Nikki must have wrote that in these notes. How <laughs> dare you say that? That is offensive. Um, but yeah, here's, uh, you know, from the first four-star admiral that is a man pretending to be a woman. And that is Richard Levine, who now goes by Um, Rachel Levine. So let's see what he has to say. So we really want to 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 base our treatment and uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth not to limit their participation in activities and sports and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. Yeah, so we don't want to limit their, you know, opportunities to get gender affirmation care in their states. In fact, we want to encourage them to go and seek it out. What they're doing is just so, like, sneaky. It's so satanic. I see so many things we talk about. I just go right back to the garden. Like, just teaching people that there's something um, being kept from you. Someone's holding out, like, on something good from you. And you're like, you don't know how good it is till you till you take a bite. Got to try it. Like, you know, yeah. Adam and Eve, like, thought... Well, Your happiness you can... is just getting those breasts cut off, and then you'll be yeah, happy. Teaching people that there's something that someone is keeping from them. No, it's horrific. Um, and again, this is something that you know they've been doing for some time now, but they're just really coming out and saying it now. Um, and I think that's what's shocking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're just promoting it. It's on their websites. We've got four star admirals coming out and just saying it. And really, it seems like Satan and his children have just taken their masks off. Yeah. Um, and maybe they really. just believe America is too far gone, Which right? Which is kind of funny, like, because this is a transgendered person. Like, why won't they just be themselves? <laughs> Take your mask off. Not allowed to ask that question. <laughs> but um, there's a great book that really highlights this pretty well. And I've mentioned it on here before. It's called Nefarious Plot, and I'll have it linked down in the show notes. It's up on our website. You can find it there as well. It's sort of a um, screw tape letters for modern America. 
but he makes a uh, mention in there early on in the introduction. I just wanted to read a bit of it. Uh, he kind of talks about from the demon's perspective, well, why are you writing this book and telling us what you're doing? Right. That's what he's kind of talking about. And he says, um, that's right. I just used the past tense there uh, as is, as if it's already been accomplished for certain. Sure as you look around, you still see some of the trappings of your liberty, but your die is cast. You have been weighed, measured, and found wanting. The writing is on the wall. And he kind of goes on in there basically saying, well, the reason I'm telling you is it's too late for you to fix anything. Mm. You're too far gone. And I yeah. feel like looking at this child sort of gender mutilation, this LGBTQ agenda it's like Satan and the demons being like, well, we don't need to hide it anymore, right? Like, they're, they're not going to do anything about it. celebrating their victory while we're just finding out that it's happening. Like That's what it seems like in a lot of respects. Um, and for the latest installment of this, uh, we've got the University of Washington. Uh, if you want to read that headline, honey. UW Health Gender Program boasts will operate on minors. Then scrubs entire website for some strange reason. Yeah. Why are you trying to hide it if you're so proud of it? And they are proud of mm -hmm. it. Let's listen to uh, what's this lady's name? Dr. Uh, Gast. That's too fitting. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Gast. Um, yeah. Let's hear what uh, Dr. Gast has to say. Penile inversion vaginoplasty for trans feminine patients. So male to female is essentially turning it into a vagina. So this is a very, you know, functional result. Patients have orgasmic function and can have intercourse, and it looks actually cosmetically, um, patients are very satisfied. So the, we create a, a, a clitoris from a portion of the gland's penis. Uh, the scrotal skin becomes the labia majora. A portion of the penile skin becomes the labia minora. And then we line the new vagina with the rest of the penile skin and sometimes a skin graft. Um, so it's five hours in the operating room and about six to eight weeks of recovery, um, but it's a one-stage operation and patients are overall very happy. So you can continue on with that video um, if, you know, you just enjoy being repulsed, where she explains, you know, from there, how they do a, a vaginoplasty and then how they do a, what is it, a Phileoplasty, what do they call it when they make Maybe. the penis? Um, <laughs> she talks about how they do top surgery um, and just loving it. This is, you know, what's the Mark Twain quote? You make your vocation your vacation and you never work a day in your life. Ugh. She's just working at her vacation. And, you know, we've showed these videos on here before, but this is what the demonically controlled or possessed, if you want to call it that sound like mm -hmm. and it's it's not like you know the poltergeist with their heads spinning around you know if you remember that old movie puking <laughs> climbing up on walls that's not that's, a horror movie this is a horror movie <laughs> right that's make-believe this is what the demonically controlled really sound like they're doctors at the university of wisconsin that's yeah. made it their life's work to they're... destroy the life and the potential eternity of children they're in a position of um where others should trust them. That's right. That's what makes it even more dastardly. Yeah. You know, we used to, you know, know who the creeps and the perverts and the, 
you know, bad guys were. Now, uh, they're doctors oh. and scientists who just see you as a lab rat. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Maybe you aren't ready. Maybe, you know, vaginal plasty is a bridge too far for your young child at this stage in their life. An unnecessary You're just surgery. not ready for it. Well, you don't have to worry, right? Just put them on those super safe, totally reversible puberty blockers until they're ready to make that decision. Well, never mind that, because that's all a complete lie as well. Um, so right. we got this story here. If you want to read the headline, honey. I'll report puberty blockers foisted upon minors proven to have devastating irreversible effects. Yep. That is devastating to find out it's not irreversible. Or Do you want to read that headline? Or that paragraph, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, a study published on September 19th in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy explained that puberty blockers, also known as luteinizing hormone releasing hormone agonists or GNRHA drugs, are not just creating sexless adults, although GNRHA is a drug licensed to chemically castrate men. They are depleting victims' bone density, hampering their cognitive development, and producing a myriad of deleterious emotional effects. Doesn't that sound great? Um, yeah, that's uh, serious. Gosh, this is horrible. Do you want to read this paragraph here? Among the irreversible side effects of the puberty blockers was a halt a halting of critical bodily growth, including that of genitals. Upon the introduction of GNRHA to men, the penis would cease to grow, and growth would not resume upon terminating treatment. That is butchery. Um, he says in here as well, additionally, Biggs uh, pointed out that advocates for transsexual alterations uh, and puberty blockers misled the public about the likelihood of victims or the likelihood that victims might just get over their adolescent confusion. He suggested that a number of children sterilized and transmorgified would otherwise have turned out to be sexually functional gays or lesbians. And then uh, one more. It says in his examination of the international adoption of the Dutch protocol, um, Biggs noted that the once niche practice had been grossly or popularized as the result of positive media coverage. Thanks, media. Positive media coverage is known to increase referrals to gender clinics. Ugh. Boy, we just mentioned this again last week, right? It's social contagion. Yeah. Even though they keep telling us it's not social contagion, every one of these reports keeps coming out and going, yeah, they're super influenced by social media. So if you did not watch the video we recommended in our sermon recommendation last week, please go and watch it. We've recommended it multiple times on here, but it's Abigail Schreier explaining the social contagion in the transgender phenomenon perfectly. And that's what this doctor is saying here. Oh, yeah. Uh, positive media coverage is really swaying people towards these gender clinics. Um, so, again, 
lies and propaganda, right? The media is their God, really. People don't think for themselves. They don't, right. They don't think critically. They don't question. People well, don't and even... I saw one of these articles where they were like, um, you know, after the social contagion aspect kind of came out, it was an article debunking social contagion. And they're like, ah, social contagion has been debunked. It's not a real factor. And you read in there, how did they come to this conclusion? Well, they asked the kids that were going through the gender surgery, were you convinced on social media? And they said, mm-hmm. no. Like, That's your proof? You went and asked a teenager, hey, were you convinced to cut your breasts off because your friends thought it was cool? <laughs> no. That's not why. Right. Oh, real scientific. <laughs> what, what else would they say, right? But again, doesn't this sound familiar? Sound just like the COVID story we just covered? Um, lies and propaganda. And again, I will make my stand on the depopulation. And like Nikki mentioned earlier, this is just another avenue of getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we're allowing our kids to be these lab rats for the satanic. Because I don't know how you can count yourself among any other people besides the satanic and find joy in lopping breast and genitals off of children. Um, but what's the ultimate purpose of it? You know, because like you said there, um, the studies also prove that if you let these kids go through puberty and they get through that phase in their life, I mean, he does say, sadly, most of them will become homosexual um, adults. But even still, I mean, they that's... They won't be so messed up. They won't be so messed up. Psychologically, they won't be so suicidal. It's about mental health. Their argument is that it's about mental health to affirm them in whatever gender they they think they are. And it's it's not about mental health for them. That's just their argument. Because we played that video last week from Vanderbilt. It's about money. They make a boatload of cash Mm -hmm. off doing this. And you know, it's one thing if your 18, 20 year old adult child goes this route, you can only do so much, right? They're adults. Um, but doing this to your child and allowing it to be done, you know, I just, you can't think that you're going to be held blameless in front of a holy and righteous God for allowing this to happen. Cause I think this is the, a, a perfect example of Jesus proclaiming that woe to you. You are leading them into sin Mm -hmm. by temptation, giving into these sort of deliriums, taking them to people that will affirm them in these psychosis. Um, Yeah, it's something that should scare you. And, you know, we mentioned last week uh, when we made that sermon recommendation that this is something we would recommend you have discussions with your children about, even if they're young, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, if they're mature enough I would be talking with them about this sort of stuff immediately because Disney, their teachers, their doctors, they will be talking to them about this without your consent. Right. So if you miss the chance to get in front of this, you're going to be playing catch up. And that's not a spot you want to be in when you're talking about your kid's body, their life, their soul. Um, But we watched that sermon recommendation. Me and Nikki have seen it multiple times. But we sat our kids down, our four kids, and we watched it again with them. 
And we just sat down afterwards and answered the questions they had with them. And I didn't think about it at the time. I was like, ah, I should have wrote down all the questions they had. But I just wanted to bring up a couple that they had mentioned that stood out to me. Because if you watch this stuff with your kids, they might ask you questions that you just assumed maybe they would know. But they're kids. They don't really know. Right. Yeah. So one of the questions they asked was, <laughs> they said, well, what would happen if you had married a transgendered female? Could you get divorced if you married them by accident? Or is that still a sin? Right. Like divorce. That's a pretty good question a from a kid. If I yeah. married a, someone I thought was a girl turned out to be a guy, can I get a divorce or am I sinning? Right. Good question to, for a kid to ask and for you to discuss that, that that's not a real marriage in God's eyes. Right. You know, yeah. so you're not really divorcing from anything because you got married um, really by trickery in a sense. Yeah. Right. Um, the, another one they asked was, our youngest one was like, I didn't even really know that there was a difference between being gay and transgendered. You would assume well, maybe both a, a, a confused person. She, I think she thought that if you were gay, you wanted to be the opposite gender. That's what was assumed. Well, and I think they're also going down the road of if you're transgendered, you would have to be gay as well. So then you're getting to that confusion of like, well, you can be a man that transitions to a woman that still likes women and you can right. be a, so it was like, you're straight, but you're transgendered. Right. So like all those sort of confusing webs and who wants to talk to their children about this? It's horrifying. But again, they're going to hear it. And if you send them to public school, heaven have mercy on them. Um, but these are things I think you've got to get in front of and let them know what does the Bible say about it? It's a mm -hmm. sin, right? And, you know, they asked again, what's a top surgery? What's a bottom surgery? What does that even mean? How is that even possible? So you're trying to explain, you know, you explain Dr. Mengele to them. It. You have to let them know how horrifying it is. And it's crazy. Like the kids so young, they do, they learn about gay marriage. They're, they learn about, they're, they're taught lies on abortion, like our youngest is friends with someone whose mom has a lady friend. And yeah, so she was in a situation. Um, she was staying at the night at the neighbor's house, but it was the grandma's house, but the mom was there. And um, well, I guess that is irrelevant, but the little girl stuck up for her mom um, because they were watching, watching something like American Idol or something was on the TV. And anyway, something was brought up where a man had a husband and our daughter was telling us the story. And, you know, she was like, what? A man marrying a man. And there was another little girl there with them. And, um, you know, they were making a fuss about it. And the other little girl goes, so what? My mom's marrying so-and-so the other woman and our daughter said she was just kind of like quiet like oh like she didn't know that it's just so easy um for them to be exposed and if we don't talk with them about it ahead of time they will come to accept it one they see it on tv their best friend's mom is gay and so why not why would she assume it's a sin? Why would she ever assume it's wrong? 
Right. And that's her first impression she got from it is her friend going, no, it's perfectly normal. My mom's doing it in her mind would be, well, this is just normal. You got to get in front of that and being like, no, it's not normal. In fact, it's an abomination to God. And that's, you know, that's how you got to get in front of it. I think in, Mm -hmm. like I said, you know, in times of war and spiritual famine, kids have to grow up fast. Um, yeah. And And we're in spiritual war. And the other situation that happened, it was with the, the mom's friend. So again, she's over there, she's watching TV and, oh, they were talking about watching some on Amazon and our daughter said, oh, we can't watch on Amazon. We got rid of it because they support abortion. And it's so crazy for like a nine-year-old to say, like spout that off. I'm like, I'm proud of her for knowing that. And so she said abortion and her friend's like, what's abortion? She's a younger girl. And then the mom's friend, I guess, overheard and came around the corner. Again, I'm not here. Our daughter's telling me how this went down. And she said something to the effect of like to respond about what abortion is to not really say what it is. Um, she's like, well, you don't know. It could, the, the baby might not be human. It might come out. It could be a hippopotamus or a giraffe in there. Like what in the world? Like in this lady's like, she's a nice friendly person. And you just straight up lied to my kid saying you could give birth to an animal. What? Like, I don't know. That boggles my mind. I haven't, I haven't like talked to them about that. Cause I just recently heard about this like a week ago and no, they're not around think, for me to talk you know, to. <laughs> again, that's why it's good to sit down and, you know, we would recommend, you know, watching stuff like this. Um, you know, what is a woman, let them hear it and then ask questions so that you can talk about it. But I think another avenue here um, is that the church is just not speaking loudly enough about this sort of stuff. Um, these cultural issues. Uh, They certainly are. Some of them are more than others. But man, every man, woman, and child that claims to believe in Jesus needs to be speaking about these cultural rot issues. Um, Because if your faith in God doesn't cause you to confront sin, to speak against sin, to stand against sin, then your Mm -hmm. faith is worthless. Like, what Mm -hmm. is it doing for you? Because Jesus told you you'd be hated in this world. Yeah. Why do you suppose you would be hated? It's because you're speaking against the idols and the antichrist beliefs that the world holds so dear, right? It's not like Christ, you know, he didn't tell you to hide your lamp so that you can avoid conflict. That's Mm -hmm. unworthy of the God that you would claim to serve. Right. Again, you might as well just go watch Mr. Beast does church, you know, on your YouTube and read your American gospel. If that's the stance you take, you've got to be bold. I mean, if you're at the point where you're never being hated, you're never being pushed back on, no one's ever disagreeing with you. What are you standing for? It's got to be worldly. Right. Right. Um, so we just encourage you. Don't shrink back from this stuff. We have truth on our side. <laughs> Saul or Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God proves true. Just believe it. Stand on it. And mm-hmm. don't be afraid. The world needs to hear truth because all they're getting fed from the media and the godless left is lies. So they need our truth. Um, yeah. But do you have any last thoughts on any of the news topics we've talked about? 
Um, I'm just, I don't know. I was just going to say again, like the importance of us, um, like there's safety in numbers. There's spiritual safety in numbers. And we do need to be, um, we can't be those lone Christians. Don't just do church at home because church is the body. You can't do church alone. Like the body functions when all parts work together. And if one part cuts itself off from the body, it's going to die. Like you need to be connected to the head, to Christ. Because when you cut yourself off from everybody else, you're cutting yourself off from Christ. Because like I said, what you don't do to the least of the brethren, you don't do for Christ. Like you can't serve Christ if you're not in the body. Yeah, absolutely. It's important. So... Um, all right, well, we'll keep this from running terribly long. So we'll climb out of the slaw of despond. Sorry, I was rattling off our stories, but I felt like I know Nikki. I was, be quiet. I was proud of her just to know that, like, no, she and remembers this is a good story. the things we taught her ahead of time. And that was my point. You might think your kids are too young, but they're exposed to these crazy lies. And the more that they're exposed to the truth of God's word and stuff, the more likely they are to speak that truth Yeah. Um, instead yeah. of just being quiet or becoming nervous about it. You know, the more they're exposed to it and they understand it and you actually show them why and how, and then they'll feel more confident, you know, because again, that's probably the first and only chance this little girl is going to get to hear, wait, not everybody believes that this is okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. So no, it's all, it's very important. I mean, that's the reason why we talk about it on Religionless Christianity. So if you haven't liked and subscribed, followed us on the podcast, make sure you do. Um, but yeah, we'll climb out of that slaw of despond and get to our Bible topic. We won't keep it running terribly long with the Bible topic, um, but we do want to hit it because it's the only way to get out of this nightmarish hellscape that we find ourselves in, in this country right now. Um, so that's going to be on our road to salvation. So again, this is point four on our road to salvation. And you can find the previous three on the channel um, that we've talked about. Uh, we'll be talking about point number five, most likely we'll see next week with the Puritans conference that may change with what we talk about. Uh, I may hold off on that till I get back with Nikki because I'm probably going to be doing the episode myself next week. Um, and then after that, we're going to be rolling into our assurances of salvation. We'll be talking about those. So uh, just quick summary here. Point number one is simply you're a sinner in need of a savior. Um, point number two is the wages of that sin is death. And point number three, um, your sin has earned you death, but Christ has paid the debt for that sin. Um, and that brings us to point number four. Point number four can be found in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Uh, do you want to read Romans 10, 13? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Is that 10, 13 or is it 10, 9? Read on the back is 10, 9. I think it's 10, 13. And then I put 10, 9 on the boards or on the back. So well, that you threw have, me if off. we confess with our mouth, right. so maybe that part. Yes. So everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved is right. Um, Well, I mean, of course it's right. I just want to make sure the verse. You're good. The one on the back is is right. Yeah. So 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, Christ paid the debt for our sin. We saw that last week. Um, So how do you access that gift that he paid for? By calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. Um, This is how we access that free gift. And, um, you know, it's beautiful. uh, Mm -hmm. Because we've heard that saying in the past that um, it's level at the foot of the cross. And I like that saying, and it's true, you know, especially Mm -hmm. in the realm of salvation, because we all have to come before the Lord, accepting our sin and Mm -hmm. repenting of that sin and calling on him just the same. Um, And I would say literally calling on him to be saved, not mentally thinking on him to be saved. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that. It says calling Mm -hmm. on the name of the Lord. you know, it doesn't matter again if you're that dude sitting in a jailhouse Bible study or if you're the Pope. We all have to come to the cross the same way, accepting the same sins and calling on the same Lord to save us. Um, and mm-hmm. what's maybe even more beautiful than the cross being level is the promise that when we call on him, he saves us. That's the beauty of it. Um, you know, like I've said before. I'm in everyone, Nikki's in everyone, you're in everyone. So we all must go to Christ and we all must seek salvation in the same manner. Um, You know, Galatians 3.28 says we're all one in Christ Jesus. You know, Jew, Greek, slave or free, it doesn't make any difference at the foot of the cross. Yeah, and I was just thinking about as we're reading like about all the horrible people in the news, just they're in everyone. If they call in the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. They acknowledge their sin and call in Jesus. He's the only way to be saved. The only one who forgives sins. You know, we have to keep that in mind. Like, you know, we're reading that and about all these people, you know, just doing the surgery on these kids and just child abuse. And they're in everyone. I got to remind myself that and, and pray for them. Like the gospel is powerful to save any person. Because I've heard so many people say that God could not forgive them. But that's because, which is good, like they see their sin as great. And I mean, all sin is is great, really in light of God's holiness. Um, but we have to remind people that um, how great God's mercy is and that he doesn't turn anybody away. Um, who asks for his mercy, who confesses their sin. And I was just thinking on today's churches, like the church culture today, like sin is hardly mentioned at all in order to, how they say, ask Jesus into your heart. What There isn't any scripture that tells you to ask Jesus into your heart. Uh, we're told to acknowledge our sin before him and and ask him to have mercy and and forgive us. And so we're we're pleading guilty in order to be made innocent. That's what it is. Yeah, and that's an important point to mention about them being everyone. You know, because we don't point out these stories of these, you know, demonic doctors and stuff to make ourselves feel good or just as talking points. I mean, obviously they may not hear our show, but the hope would be in that pointing out these things and other people pointing out these things that they might come to the realization that what they're doing is horrific. 
what they're doing is sinful and that they need to come to a place of repentance as well. Just the same as, you know, Nikki, as she's talked about in her testimony before, right? Everyone's told her she's a good girl, good girl, her whole life. Well, she also isn't really a good girl, right? She was a sinner in need of a savior, just the same, right? Um, And we might say, ah, well, doing, you know, gender mutilation on a child is way worse than what I was doing. It's all sins against a perfect and holy God. Um, And it's all deserving of eternal death. So whatever we want to classify as better or worse makes really no difference because who are we to classify anything? Um, So the goal isn't to make ourselves feel better by looking at how bad these other people are. It's one to point out that we need to be aware of it and protect ourselves and, you know, our families, but also to speak about these things. We've got to make the truth known so that these people can feel the weight of that sin, the guilt of that sin that leads them. Yes. Well, um, we need to warn, like we're at the same time, we're warning others to not believe their lies and to call out evil when you see evil. And yeah, they are evil people. No, yeah. I mean, but that's the point is to make them recognize that you need a savior just the same as I did. I'm not calling you from a place of superiority right? We were both in need of a savior. You know, we talked about it last week, that saying, I'm sure everyone's heard a beggar pointing another beggar to where the bread is. Mm -hmm. You know, we're Mm -hmm. both in need of a savior. Um, So that's an important thing. And again, yeah, if you're in a church, if heaven forbid, if you are a pastor and this has got to be something that's talked about because it's not just the sin that brings you to salvation, but it's ridding that sin of your life as you continue this walk in Christ. It's not, you know, this hyper grace movement that, you know, just say, you know, your sinner's prayer and God loves you, you're going to heaven. No, it's a constant battle of Mm -hmm. fighting these sins and looking at ourselves, removing planks from our eyes, helping our brothers and sisters walk a life of righteousness, sharpening. It's a never ending battle and fight against sin, but it's got to start with that recognizing that you're a sinner, Christ paid that debt for your sin, and you have to access that gift by calling on him um, and asking him to forgive you of your sins. Again, not just thinking it in your mind and going, boy, I wonder, I hope he saves me. I did some good things in my life, probably more than I did bad. It's not going to cut it. That's not what the word says. You've got to call on him to access that free gift. And we've talked before on here that while that sounds like great news to us who have been saved, that's not great news for a lot of people. And that's why basically every other false religion in the world is works-based. Mormonism is works-based because that sounds better to people that, you know, I don't want some free gift. I want to earn it. You know, the pride of man prevents them from receiving this free gift. But yeah. um, again, we have to tell them, you know, I think it, what is it, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that um, the gift is free so that no one can boast. You know, it's mm-hmm. by grace alone so that you have no right to boast before God. Not that I was a worse sinner than you and I climbed higher and worked harder for my salvation. Mm-hmm. No, you did nothing for it, just like I did. It was both of us got it freely given so that all the praise and all the glory goes to God. Um, that's the important part of that. So uh, very necessary step here. 
Again, we don't want to miss the fact that this is the step as it's laid out, that we are to call on the name of the Lord, mm -hmm. not to think that your sins are bad and you need a savior. We are to yeah. call on the name of the Lord. Um, that is a um, something you do that's like auditory, <laughs> right? You can hear it. You use your mouth, your brain to call on the name of the Lord. Yeah, you confess it and you're speaking it out loud to others because you're not ashamed of the gospel. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, to, again, to imagine that you have this saving faith in Christ if you don't want other people to hear or you're afraid to be right. like, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're like, why would you don't be, ask me that question. What? Who? Why would you be ashamed to say that you're a sinner and... Um, I don't know. I don't know why that's something you'd be ashamed of. Right, share. I mean, you're I get, not a, you should, should not be ashamed to tell people you place your faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, these people are on here unabashedly talking about how they are going to cut the muscles off your forearm and form a penis for you. And that's their joyous. If they're not ashamed, by golly, you should not be ashamed. I know. Um, goodness gracious. So. Um, that's point number four on our road to salvation. Um, again, we don't want to keep you guys here too long. Do you have any last thoughts, honey, on um, calling on the name of the Lord? No. No? Nope. All right. Well, we got our sermon recommendation. Um, oh, and before we get to sermon recommendation, I will just mention, if you guys uh, listen to the daily devotionals, we do Monday through Friday. They'll be back again next week. but. Since we're um, in October now, uh, we don't celebrate Halloween um, as a family. We celebrate Reformation Day, which is October 31st. We encourage you to give up Halloween and celebrate Reformation Day as well. But in honor of that, we're going to be just going through the 95 theses, maybe not all of them, but just selected ones throughout um, all the days in October and then sort of discussing those kind of in honor of, you know, Reformation. Um, day coming up on October 31st. So that's what we'll be doing for the daily devotionals. Come give it a listen, see if you enjoy it. And then even if you don't, leave us a five-star review, just as good godly men and women should. Um, all right. So for our sermon recommendation, we, uh, oh, sorry, I'll just say this as well. We have our social media. We ask on there for sermon recommendations from you guys. Because if you don't send us recommendations, we just typically listen to the people we listen to. And therefore, we can only recommend the people that we listen to. So we are stuck in that same Christian bubble that we warned you about. <laughs> um, and this is why we don't just watch church on YouTube, because we watch the same four pastors that talk about the same things that we always like to hear. So please, if you have good pastors, podcasts, anything, books, that you've been reading, listening to, let us know so that we can listen to them and share them with others. Yeah. But something that would sharpen, challenge yes. us, convict sharpen us. Sharpen Nikki. Yeah, you too. Um, <laughs> all right. So for our sermon recommendation, again, we just mentioned him, but he had this really great um, video from Vody Bakum on culture. As you can see right here, this will be the sermon recommendation. And it's just a really good um, sort of 30 minute, it's not so much a sermon as it is kind of a talk, 
but where he's really addressing the fact that Christians are called to influence culture from the very beginning, from Genesis, we Mm -hmm. are called to be cultural influencers. So this idea that we're supposed to just, you know, say our prayers in silent, go to church on Sunday, and then that's as far as God is involved in our lives and our culture is absolutely a lie of the devil. Um, Christians are called to be influencing cultures. I mean, we've even mentioned... light in the darkness, yeah. Yeah, a light in the darkness. And we've even talked about how our founders envisioned us in this nation specifically, the church to be cultural influencers. Um, That's how they set the country up. So go give that a listen. Send us your recommendations. We'd love to hear them. But otherwise, we'll be back next week um, on location, God willing. And hopefully it'll be beneficial to me and you. That's all we got. God bless. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.